Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we're going to get a visit from Josh Ward from Locked On Vols to preview this Florida-Tennessee matchup on Saturday. And in the final segment, we'll discuss some of the coaching connections between Florida and Tennessee, including a former Gators quarterback who we discussed on yesterday's show. But let's kick things off with the interview that I had with Josh Ward from Locked On Gators. I spoke with him about this rivalry game and what the Gators need to look out for when Tennessee comes to town. This is kind of a crossover here with Locked On Vols, Locked On Gators, getting ready for the upcoming week. And uh, Zach, I'm curious, just looking at the game going into Saturday, is there a matchup or two? What stands out to you looking at the two teams going up against each other that will maybe matter the most this upcoming weekend? I definitely think, Josh, how Florida's backup quarterback, who's now the starter, Kyle Trask, is going to do against Tennessee's defense. I think that this that's going to be an opportunity for the Vols to come into the swamp and try and get an advantage if they can game plan for him and come out with some success defensively. I think that Kyle was able to catch Kentucky off guard in that fourth quarter and did a really good job of dialing up the plays that Dan Mullen had for him. But now you know, Jeremy Pruitt and his staff have, have had a week to go look at him on film and, and now Kyle has to prepare. And I think that that's the one area going into this game where you really don't know. Uh, you know. Obviously, Florida's offensive line has been an issue, too. Defensively, they've been pretty stout. But now there's there's that you know question mark at quarterback with Felipe Franks' injury. Do you think that Mullen will try to establish the run and, and give those guys a chance up front to show that they can be successful moving Tennessee's defense to maybe help Kyle Trask get comfortable as well? Uh, what do you think about that or, or something else that Dan Mullen might try on the offensive side? Yeah, it's interesting, Josh. I mean, he's, it seems like he and the staff have tried to establish the run in every game early on, and they haven't been able to do it. Uh, I mean, even when they came at home against the Swamp and had their, their big 45 nothing blowout win, they still weren't able to, to, to rush the ball effectively. And that was something that showed up again against Kentucky, and it showed up in the season opener against Miami. So that's why I think that you've heard him say this week that even though Kyle Trask is going to get the start at quarterback, he's also going to use redshirt freshman Emory Jones, who played a little bit last year. Uh, he, he was able to keep his redshirt because he didn't do more than four games, and he's more of a dual threat than Kyle Trask is. And if he can come in there and be somewhat of a weapon from that aspect, maybe he could give the Gators another dynamic in their ground game. They haven't been able to run it straight at up the middle. They've been having to do a lot of stuff on the outside. Uh, even against Kentucky, their big 76-yard touchdown run by Josh Hammond to seal the game, You know, he, he got around the corner on that, and that was the two tight ends blocking that had to set that play. So Florida hasn't had a lot of success trying to open holes in the run game. And if they're not able to do it against Tennessee, uh, you know that that could not be the recipe that you want for Kyle Trask. Staying on the offensive side with Florida, is there a guy on the outside, a guy at receiver, that uh, interests you the most going into this game to see if he can step up and make plays that Tennessee's defense might be focused on this weekend? Yeah, well, Florida's got so many receivers. It's it's every every game. I think that those guys have have lived up to the expectations that they came coming into the year. That's the one thing. I think that you like if if you are Dan Mullen that 
Kyle Trask has some help around him. The offensive line has been shaky, but they have a, a great running back in LaMichael P. Ryan and a ton of wide receivers. It, it seemed like Van Jefferson was, was one of his go-to targets against Kentucky. He had a nice pass as well to Josh Hammond. And uh, I think that they do a good job of trying to spread the ball around. They, Whenever they have four or five wide receivers on the field, any one can be a threat. You don't have Kadarius Toney, so that's taken something away from that position. But I would think that Trevon Grimes has a chance to potentially be a guy that emerges more. He is, in his time here at Florida, been more of a backup and is starting to, to kind of get more uh, reps with the first team. So he's had a lot of practice time with Kyle over the last year, and, and I think that he could be you know one of his favorite targets against Tennessee. Yeah, I wonder if similar conversations are happening on both sides. Florida with the number of receivers that can step up and make plays that you're talking about. And then on Tennessee's side, I'm sure the Vols are trying to figure out a way to get the ball to Juwan Jennings, Marquez Callaway to test Florida's defensive backs in some way. Uh, Ty Chandler out of the backfield who can be effective as a runner and receiver. I bet it's similar thoughts, and those are pretty obvious things, but it's it's the depth of skill talent that each each side has. That is what I'm sure both Florida and Tennessee are, are hoping can turn into an advantage. We'll be right back after this quick break. You're listening to Locked on Gators, your team every day. It's a question mark if they're going to have C.J. Henderson available for this game. And as we saw against Kentucky, when he's not in the game, Florida secondary, although still very good, is not the same and and you have a chance to have some success against them especially if you can establish a ground game which the Wildcats were able to do so if Tennessee can find a way to do that uh, things could get interesting even though this has not been the start to the season that Tennessee has wanted and Florida has looked good for the most part I still have a feeling that with a rivalry game and, and Florida having some change at quarterback that this game at the very least is going to be interesting on Saturday I Man, I don't know what your your thoughts are on on Tennessee. I thought that they were going to be a lot better than they've showed so far this year. I did not see that Georgia State game coming, and I don't think Tennessee's coaching staff or the players – yeah, I mean, who did, right? Uh, I don't think Tennessee's coaches or players were close to being as focused on that game and focusing on the opponent. I think Tennessee looked at it as a game they can get out there and do whatever they want to, and they'll be fine. And then by the time they realized they had a real game – it was too much. The The big positive for Tennessee over the last couple of weeks, even in the loss to BYU, has been that Tennessee mentally has responded. Tennessee's effort and energy has been there. They just, you know, they needed to play better against BYU. But uh, I do think that going in there in Gainesville, Tennessee is going to be a motivated team. And I'll be curious to see, uh, is Florida all the way dialed in? Can, can you tell, Zach, in terms of the, the rivalry itself, there's no doubt that it is one, but uh, the, the – the active status, you know, I know LaMichael Piron in the summer was talking about, well, not really to him, and you know, he hasn't seen Tennessee have much success against Tennessee. So what, what do you think from that standpoint, the uh, the interest level and in making sure you take care of uh, a team that has been a rival in Tennessee, what, what is the, the motivation level, the focus like for Florida this week? It is interesting that you bring that point up, Josh, because I, I don't feel like Tennessee, not just this season, but for the last few years, has just had the same intensity as some of the other rivalries. I think the year that they were able to get the win in 2016, uh, you know, that that brought some juice. But you, you've heard the Florida players say that they just don't get amped up for this game or, or at least view it in the same way that they do some of their other rivals. And I, I think that that's a lot based on the results of, of the last decade. But at the end of the day, you're coming into SEC play in your home opener 
you, you had a performance against Kentucky where you didn't play your best. You're really fortunate to come out with a win. You know, you scored 19 points in the fourth quarter with your backup quarterback. That's not going to happen every game. So they have a lot of things that I think looking in the mirror that they need to be jacked up about going into the swamp on Saturday. And, you know, the comments and, and, and some of the stuff that's said in the media, I, I would have hoped that some of these players have, have learned in the past. You know that this rivalry has featured some of that with Quincy Wilson and does a duck pull a truck and all that stuff. So uh, these guys just need to worry about going out and playing ball on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I, I would say you're right. Uh, and that needs to be the thought from both sides. Is there anything that else that stands out to you, Zach, that is – of interest to you from Tennessee side or with the matchup or players or, or anything just between these two teams? Yeah, I'm just surprised that the quarterback is having still the struggles, I guess, inconsistencies that, that he is. I look at him and sometimes I see him play and, and Garantano looks like he's got a, a lot of tools and talent. And I thought that Jim Chaney with you know his resume and the success that he had with Jake Fromm would be able to, to elevate his game. And maybe that's a, still a process that's to come but it looks like the early returns haven't maybe been what folks expected with Cheney. Yeah, that's, I think with Tennessee fans, I think that's been the biggest frustration early on. And uh, Jarrett is definitely the guy at quarterback for Tennessee. Maybe that changes as the season goes along, but I don't think there's much trust from Tennessee's coaching staff with either of the backup quarterbacks who are really inexperienced. Neither guy had ever taken a college snap until this past Saturday. So it's going to be Jarrett there. And yeah, I wonder what kind of pressure Florida is able to create. How does Tennessee's offensive line do? They've been working on that the last few weeks. That's what kept it from being a game last year was Florida and its pressure and the mistakes Tennessee made. It was over very quickly at Neyland Stadium. Uh, an update on uh, uh, on Zuniga, as, as best you know, and with or without him, how does that affect Florida's defense, do you think, this upcoming weekend? Yeah, Mullen didn't have any, any updates yet when we last spoke with him on, on Wednesday. And, yeah, if, if Zuniga can't go, that, that changes Florida's defense. You're talking about not only Henderson potentially being out, but if Zuniga doesn't play, that's Florida's top two guys on that side of the ball that aren't suiting up. And, and that makes a difference in the game. And now the one thing is that Florida does have some depth on their defensive line, more so at end and the tackle position. I think you'll see Zachary Carter be a guy that kind of steps up and gets some more playing time if Zuniga can't go. But, but I mean, he's someone that you'll notice if he's not in there because I think with having him on the edge and Jonathan Greenard, the transfer from Louisville, who's now playing that buck position, that is vacated by Ja'Kai Polite, those two coming off of the edge are a really dynamic duo, and they showed that in the Miami game. If Zuniga doesn't go, that's going to make life a lot easier on Garantano as he's, he's trying to have some success in the Swamp. Tennessee at Florida, 12 o'clock kickoff uh, down there in the Swamp coming up on Saturday afternoon. Thanks to Josh for his time and perspective there. When we come back from this last break, we'll look at some of the coaching connections between Florida and Tennessee. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. Everyone loves the comfort of their own home, but there's nothing like going to a game and being a fan in the stands. And whether you're looking for seats on the 50-yard line or front row tickets to see your favorite band in person, Vivid Seats is here to help you. Vivid Seats is the top source for purchasing event tickets in the online marketplace. You can search for seats by section, row, and price, all in the Vivid Seats app. The in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards, allows you to purchase tickets to any concert, game, or show and earn credit towards your next live event. Visit the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Do that and you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. 
From sporting events to theater shows, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the Vivid Seats app and become part of their loyalty program today. NFL fans, a new season is upon us. Le'Veon Bell is on the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where to put your money down on all of these games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first official handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week and to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. You know, when you look at um, Florida this week, um, first of all, there's a lot of familiarity with the coaching staff there. I've coached against Dan for a long time and very familiar with Todd Grantham. Christian Robinson was a GA for us at Georgia. Um, You look at them, they're very well coached, start with offensively. they, they are replacing some guys up front offensively, but they're doing a really nice job. Um, you know, lost their quarterback probably this past week, but um, the backup come in there and done a really, really fine job and probably be expected a guy that's uh, been in the program for a while there, a lot of maturity. Um, these guys have really good skill players uh, from tight ends to running backs to wide receivers. Uh, they spread the ball around. Um, they'll hit you with RPOs. Uh, they're, they're really stubborn when it comes to running the football. Um, they've always done a very nice job running the football, being creative in how they do it. And, and they've, now they've got really good playmakers at wide receiver so they can get the ball out there and they can hurt you with runs after the catch, screens, or, or throw the ball down the field. Um, defensively, um, you know, Todd uh, continues to do a really good job, uh, very multiple uh, up front. Uh, they're leading the country in sacks. Um, you know, playing really well in the red area. Uh, it's not surprising. They got really good players at all three levels, got experience, they got depth. Um, so, and then we look at them in the kicking game. Freddie Swain is a, um, is a kick returner. Uh, probably got the, the um, with their punter and, and uh, field goal kicker and kickoff guy. Um, probably as good a combination as anybody in the, in the conference. Got really good speed to play on teams. Uh, so, we, we, we will definitely have our hands full. Just from what you've been able to see, how are they different without Franks, with Trask? I mean, they just ran, they ran their, their offense. Uh, same plays, nothing different. Uh, Might have even executed better, you know. Uh, obviously, they scored more points there in a short period of time. But uh, as a guy that uh, competed for the quarterback job, uh, very talented um, and, and has experience. That was Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt giving his thoughts on the Florida Gators ahead of Saturday's matchup in the Swamp. And in this segment, we'll discuss some members on Pruitt's staff who have connections to the Gators. One of them a former player, one a former coach, and one a former staffer. The one that Florida fans probably know the most about is Chris Rump, the former Gators defensive line coach and co-defensive coordinator under Jim McElwain. He is now the co-DC at Tennessee and was one of the assistants that Mullen retained when he took over Florida's program, and he was going to stay on Florida's staff, but when Jeremy Pruitt was hired at Tennessee, that was a relationship that brought him to Knoxville. He and Pruitt worked together at Alabama, and obviously had more of a bond than Mullen and Rump did, so he makes the move to Tennessee, and this will be his first time coming back to the Swamp, and he was one of the most liked assistant coaches from the McElwain era, did a great job with Florida's defensive line, 
got elevated to the co-DC in his final year, and was also a really good recruiter. He helped Florida land some top talent, including the trio from Tampa, highlighted by top 100 defensive end Zachary Carter, who chose to come to Florida over Clemson. So that was a big victory for Rump on the recruiting trail. And when he makes his return, I'm sure Carter and a lot of those guys that were recruited and played for him will reconnect after the game. And another familiar face for the Florida players will be Drew Hughes. He served as Florida's director of player personnel, not only for McIlwain, but Muschamp as well. He did a really good job in that role and helped Florida kind of get things rolling during the end of the McIlwain era. After helping Muschamp sign a top 10 class in 2014, he helped McIlwain get the Gators back to that in 2017. They finished number 11. 2016, they were number 12. And he was another guy that was planning to stay on Mullen's staff, but he also had history with Jeremy Pruitt at Alabama. So when he got the job at Tennessee, Drew decided to make the move there as well. I'm sure that that's Jeremy Pruitt's right-hand man when it comes to recruiting. And I've had a chance to meet and get to know four or five different director of player personnels in my time covering UF. Drew Hughes was one of the best that I encountered, so this was a good hire for Jeremy Pruitt. And a lot of guys that you see running around and making plays in the swamp on Saturdays, Hughes had a hand in bringing those guys to Gainesville. But now they're on the other side of this rivalry and they'll get to experience the swamp from the opposing sideline. As will another former Gator who I would imagine you probably didn't know worked on Tennessee staff, and that is Tyler Murphy, the ex-Florida quarterback who played for the Gators from 2010 to 2013. In his final season at Florida, he became the starter after Jeff Driscoll's injury. Murphy came into that game and led the Gators to a victory over the Vols in the Swamp, and now he gets to experience this rivalry from a totally different perspective because he is now in the coaching ranks, serving as an offensive graduate assistant on Jeremy Pruitt's staff. Murphy also suffered a season-ending injury during that 2013 season with the Gators. The following year, he transferred to Boston College and had a great year with Steve Adazio. And Murphy had that big upset win over number 9 USC. He ran for 191 yards in that game. That set a school record. And at the end of the season, he broke the ACC single-season rushing record for a quarterback. And his career wasn't done there. After going undrafted, he signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers and eventually made their 53-man roster as a wide receiver. He had a chance to play with the Steelers for a couple years. And at one point, he even had to serve as the backup quarterback to Landry Jones because of the injuries to Ben Roethlisberger and Michael Vick. So Murphy had quite the ride during the end of his college career and the NFL years that he got. Now he has turned in his cleats for a whistle. I'm not sure how he ended up on Jeremy Pruitt's staff, but that's a really interesting connection and a guy that saved the day for Florida against Tennessee in 2013. And don't forget, the Volunteers were also hoping at one point that Dan Mullen could save the day for them. Tennessee came after him according to Bruce Feldman. He was making $4.5 million per year at the time at Mississippi State, and Tennessee was willing to pay him upwards of $6.5 million according to Feldman. So they tried to get Mullen... But Mississippi State went all in to keep him, and they were able to convince him to stay. Of course, he eventually leaves Starkville for Gainesville. But it is interesting that he had the opportunity to go to Tennessee and turned it down. He made the call that a lot of others made during that coaching search to pass on the Tennessee job that eventually went to Pruitt. I'm sure Mullen evaluated the Tennessee program and the decline that it's had since its glory days in the 90s and came to the conclusion, as many others did, that that was not the job that he wanted to take. He obviously jumped at the opportunity to come to Florida, and that has worked out well for him. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we got a visit from Josh to preview this Florida-Tennessee game. And in the final segment, we discuss some of the coaching connections between Florida and Tennessee. On tomorrow's show, I will give you my five keys to the game in order for UF to get a win over Tennessee. 
and also give my score prediction and preview this weekend's games. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.